I will say this, we're going to be getting a little ahead of ourselves um, in the study we've been doing on sin. Uh, that's the burden that God gave us tonight is to get is to preach a message. And it's actually a couple of lessons. If we were to continue it the way we we're going in Galatians chapter 5, this would be on down a little bit. So we'll kind of skip over that one when we get there. But uh, yet the Lord had placed this burden on our heart. I pray it could be a blessing. We're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 20, though. Proverbs chapter 20. And before we read, we do want to look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this evening. Father, we pray that you would lead, guide, and direct in the service. Father, you know the need. You know the reason for the burden. And Father, we pray that we could be led of your Spirit, accomplish your will, that we as your people could draw close to you, and, Father, that the lost could see their need to turn and trust in Jesus before it be everlasting too late. Father, we ask for these blessings. We ask for your blessings as a prayer request. And, Father, we pray that we could hear great things being done for your name's sake. We ask it all in the name of Jesus, for he is worthy. Amen. The burden on our heart tonight is to deal with drunkenness. And, again, I, I almost just didn't preach this message because I said, well, we'll deal with that subject a little bit later, but uh, the Lord just kept pressing it on my heart, and I said, well, God wants it, we're going to preach it. And uh, we're going to begin, as we said, in Proverbs chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. It says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You know, sometimes people have made the statement over the years in church as well, you know, the Bible's not really against alcohol, the Bible's not against us drinking, doing different things. I can, I can tell you this, drunkenness is clearly taught against in Scripture. Clearly taught against. There's no arguing. Of course, I believe that a church has the authority to, as an individual body uh, to set up ways that they desire their people to go. And we are allowed to covet ourselves together, covenant, let me say that, covenant ourselves together uh, in the Lord, and purpose things that we're not going to take part in or things that we will take part in. As long as those things are based upon Scripture, we have a right to do that. But notice what he says here. He says, wine is a mocker. Y'all ever seen somebody drink and it causes them to be made fun of? They behave in ways that they would not normally behave. And so by that, you, you get mocked. You get made fun of, man, your speech was slurred, man. You, you were behaving wild and you were behaving differently and, of course, that leads to mocking. Notice this part, strong drink is raging. And a lot of times people start to drink and I know even some in my family, our family history is, as far as I can find people that drink, is that when they drank, they believed that they were 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And it's a good time to get into a fight. And there's a lot of people, you'll, they'll say, oh, they're so kind and they're so nice and they're so lovely until they get drunk. That's what strong drink does for somebody sometimes, isn't it? Makes them raging. Makes them ready to fight. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. And there are many people deceived by alcohol many levels. Turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 23. It says in verse 29 of Proverbs 23, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? 
who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, that they tarry long at wine, they that tarry long at wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Notice here that problems come in because of alcohol, because of drunkenness. And notice the problems that come in. Whoa! Who has problems? Is what he's saying. Who's got problems? And notice later on he talks about he has wounds without cause. In other words, they happen needlessly. Now you can look at this from different levels. There's people that get drunk and fall down. And you get wounds that way. And probably some of us have seen people. What happened to your face? What happened to your hand? What happened to your knee or whatever? Well, I got drunk and I fell down. Well, that's one kind of wounds. But there's people because the alcohol changes them. Because alcohol is a substance that changes people's minds. It changes their way of thinking. It stops them from thinking rationally, soberly, righteously. It hinders their thinking ability. So all of a sudden, they say something that normally they wouldn't have said. A lot of people even make the statement, you know, I can get them drunk and I can get them to tell me the truth. Or I can get them to give me information on certain things. There's things you wouldn't normally say, but when you're drunk, you'll say it. And it causes a problem. And it causes wounds, not only to you, but to others. It causes contentions. And it says it causes sorrow. And there's been homes broken up by alcohol. And I'll tell you this, it's not stated enough. But there are more people that die every year from alcohol than tobacco. And they'll, they'll talk about tobacco all the day long. It's a killer. Oh, have nothing wrong to do with it, and those same people go out and drink. And a whole lot more families have been killed through alcohol and individuals been killed through alcohol than anything else. And yet there's not many warnings against it. And a lot of people try to act like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We can drink, we can take part, you know, we can control it. I tell you what, there's a great lack of control in it when it's killing more than tobacco. When it's killing more than some of these opioids out there and different things, it needs to be warned against. And I want to warn people about it. Alcohol's damaging. It causes destructions of homes, destructions of families, destructions of lives. And I'll tell you what, there's probably a many a cop that could come in here and tell about the wrecks that have happened because of alcohol. And usually it's not the alcoholic that dies, is it? It's usually some little child in another vehicle or, or some little innocent person, a lady, a man, that's just trying to get home and mind their business and some alcoholic hit them. Look, probably some of us have had that happen in our own family. I know it's touched my family before. And I tell you, it can touch a lot of people's family. And we need to warn against this. The Bible does warn against it. He says, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red. This is verse 31. When it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. And the wording here is, in other words, it looks so appealing, doesn't it? That's what he's saying. It looks nice, doesn't it? Oh, it's got a nice color. It smells good. It may even have a nice flavor to it. You know, there's people who want to act sophisticated. They'll get out their wine. They'll swirl it around and sift it and sip it and do all these things. And they make it seem like it's a big deal. Of course, if you've 
seen any advertisements with alcohol over the years. They make it look like it's a party, don't they? They make it look like it makes your life better. And there's all these lovely people that are around you when you're drinking. I tell you what, it's deceitful, isn't it? He said, at the last, it biteth like a serpent. Well, how does a serpent bite? You know, a lot of times the way you get bit by a serpent is you're just walking and you don't even see it. And all of a sudden, you've been struck by it. You play around with alcohol, it's like playing with fire. It's not if you're going to get bit. It's when and how bad it is. He said, At last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall other perverse things. How many people have blamed things on alcohol over the years? And look, I'm not denying the fact that alcohol may have made them act in a way that they normally wouldn't act. There's people that have woken up with somebody else's spouse, with somebody's, uh, with some woman that wasn't their wife or some man that wasn't their husband. This has happened to a lot of people and they'll say, oh, I just got too drunk, it was alcohol. Well, who did the drinking? Nobody forced the drink down you. Nobody forced you to get into a condition where you couldn't think rationally. And I've known people who have called me up. I can remember even friends in high school. I don't know where I am. What did I do last night? Is that the kind of life you want to live? Is that the kind of damage you want to see? Because alcohol can do that to you, and it's done it to a number of people over the years. Y'all remember Lot's daughters? Would he have normally have looked at his daughters or been with them that way? They got him drunk. Drunk to the point that he couldn't think. He didn't know everything that was going on. And a great horror happened because of that. I tell you, it can do damage. And he said in other perverse things, again, you'll say things you normally would know better than to say. We all have feelings and emotions, but in a sober mind, we know, wait a minute, I don't need to say that. Wait a minute, I'm saying that in anger. I'm saying that in malice. I I need to hold my tongue. I don't need to say those things. I tell you what, there's a lot of people when they get drunk behave in ways they should not. In normally ways they would not. And that's why you utter perverse things. He says, Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or he that lieth upon the top of a mast. And what's he saying there is there's no safety, is there? I'll tell you what, I can lay down the sea and float a little bit, but I don't have my right mind. That's a deadly place to be. Lying down... As he says, lieth upon the top of a mast. What's going to happen when you lose your balance on a mast? That's a long fall, isn't it? They have stricken me, thou shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. That's a sad statement, isn't it? I've known people who have seen alcohol do great damage in their life and they'll say, oh, I should never touch that stuff again. And the next day, they're right back to the bottle. 
Next day they're running to it. And I'll tell you what, it has tore up a number of people. It has damaged a number of people because they don't notice what great harm it can do. Turn with me over, we'll turn in the New Testament. Turn with me first back to Romans chapter 13. Now here God is telling His people in verse 12 of Romans chapter 13, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. And that's just partying, living it up. He says you don't need to be in that rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now we know that alcohol hinders our thinking. We know that it hinders us in how we behave ourselves and how we conduct ourselves. Now if we're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and not making provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of it, wouldn't alcohol and also drugs uh, along with that, wouldn't that be things that we want to stay away from as God's people so that we can think righteously, soberly, godly in this present world? So that we can honor the Lord? So he says, you don't need to go under that. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, He says in verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He said, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. How many have been brought under the power of alcohol before? How many has been brought under the power of drunkenness? He says, I'm not going to be brought under that power. If I know that can harm me, it can make me not think rationally. It can make me not think soberly, righteously. I don't want to take part in that. I may have done some things years ago. And notice what he said, all things are lawful unto me. Now there's a lot of people that study their Bibles and they study it this way. What will God allow me to do? You're going to find a whole lot that God will allow you to do. But there's a big difference in what God would have us to do. And I sure wish that more people would study their Bibles that way and say, what would God have me to do? How would God have me to behave? How would He have me to live? And I tell you what, in that purpose, 
Alcohol is just not something that entices me. It's not something that we as a child of God should want to do. Because I don't want to give off the appearance of evil. And let me give this illustration. Even, let, let's, let's say this. Say that God's fine with me having a drink. Let me ask this question. What would happen if I was at a restaurant somewhere and some of y'all came in and saw a beer sitting in front of me or a glass of wine? Especially the children, the young people. Well, Brother Brandon does it. Why can't I? I could be a stumbling block or a hindrance to somebody with that, couldn't I? It's not always about what is lawful unto me. It's about what is right. It's about what's edifying. And I can tell you this. It's not going to be edifying to somebody else to see me drinking a beer or drinking some wine. Especially not drinking strong drink, which we're to avoid. But there's a lot of people that miss those things. Turn with me over to the book of Ephesians. Verse 15 of chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verse 15. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. we got a limited time to reach the lost, reach a lost and dying world, and even be a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got a limited time before we're going to be with the Lord for all eternity. So redeeming the time because the days are evil, he says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What's my goal? What am I pressing toward? And I could go to the qualifications for ministers and deacons and go down that route and go to Titus chapter 2 and look at how we're to walk uh, soberly in this world and things of that nature. I think we're all familiar with all that. But it is clear that our focus as Christians is on serving the Lord. Not pleasure for ourselves, not things that may feel good to ourselves, but would be harmful to the gospel. Our goal is to look at edification. Our goal is to look at what is true and right. And we need to make sure that we are not under the mockery of wine. We're not being deceived by it. We're not being led astray by what it can do to us. And of course, if I'm dealing with alcohol, you can take these same principles to getting high and being under the influence of of drugs and things of this nature to where you can't think straight, where you can't operate straight. You know, there's some times when doctors have even tried to give me some medicine before and they say, look, you're going to be a little loopy, you can't think right, and I'm going, I don't need to take that then. Uh, I don't need that pill. They'll say, oh, you'll be in some pain. I'm like, I can I can take some Advil, I can take some Tylenol, I, I, I can do something else. I, I don't need something that's not going to make me think straight. As I told people one time years ago, I I make enough mistakes when I'm sober. I don't need any help aids in making me behave more foolish. 
and making me do things that would be dishonorable to the Lord. I can make enough mistakes when I have a sober mind. And I can fail God when I've got a sober mind rather than where my thinking is impaired. I want to be as sober-minded to try to live for the Lord as best I can. And I don't want anything within my body and my system that would make me behave in a way that normally I would not behave in such a manner. Alcohol is one of those things that does that. Illicit drugs is one of the things that does that. We need to be careful about what we're letting into our lives because it's going to have consequences. Lot had a righteous soul, but he committed horrible fornication because his daughters got him drunk. We find Noah. Noah was a righteous man that had found favor in the Lord. What happened when he got drunk? He was seen without his clothes on. His nakedness was revealed, wasn't it? You know why? He didn't notice those things. When you get drunk, there's certain things you don't even notice, do you? You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what your, what your surroundings are. And we've probably watched people act very foolish when they've been under the influence. We've probably even seen people that we had respect for that we thought were fine people and all of a sudden you see them under the influence and they're behaving in ways that you say, man, I've never seen them act like that. And I didn't touch on the subject much, but I'll mention it one more time. I can remember years ago I was visiting a church and a lady came up for prayer and she wanted prayer for her husband. She said, I have such a good husband. He's such a good man until he gets drunk. And y'all know some of what she was talking about. It's done a number on people, hasn't it? And sadly, there are many people deceived by it. Oh, it won't hurt me. It won't affect me that way. Oh, I can handle it. I can control it. I'll tell you what, there's many people going to the gravesite too because people thought they could control it. Sadly, even in young people. How many of y'all went to school with somebody that died in a drunken driving accident? There's probably not many of us that could go four years through high school and not hear of somebody that decided, oh, we want to party, we want to live it up, and I'm good enough to drive home. But they never made it home. There's a number of crosses on the side of the road from that kind of behavior, isn't there? You can't go too long without hearing a story like that. I tell you what, we need to warn God's people and we need to warn the lost world you need to stay away from those things. The world makes all of it look wonderful and beautiful and all oh, this is a good time. But I tell you what, it causes more deaths than they ever want to report every year. It causes breakups in homes, it causes abuse. It does a lot more damage than people realize. And I pray that we as God's people are not deceived by it. I know the world wants to entice us. Oh, what would hurt? One drink won't hurt you. Two drinks won't hurt you. This won't hurt you. 
I'll tell you what I've learned over the years, is it, and this is a conclusion I came to before I was ever called to preach. It is impossible for me to get drunk if I don't drink. It's impossible. And I made that decision. I didn't just look at the church covenant and say, oh, you know, the church wouldn't like me doing this or all that. I'd seen the damage of it in some people's lives and I made a statement to myself. It will be impossible for me to get drunk and behave like that if I just never touch it. And dear friend, I pray that you learn the lesson from others and you don't have to learn it yourself through pain. It is a mocker. It is a deceiver. It is raging. It will do more harm to you than you can imagine. Please don't be fooled by it. And of course in every message I want to remind us that we're to think soberly. And even you that are lost, you might say, well preacher, I'm never going to touch this stuff. I'll tell you what, you can never touch a sip of alcohol, but you'll still be a sinner without Christ. You need to think soberly and understand your condition before God and turn and trust in Christ for it's everlasting too late. And I pray that you see that importance. This is the burden God has given us. If you'd have anything upon your heart, we'd invite you to come. I have a verse of a song.